welcome to the It's Funnier in Anokian podcast. Okay, so we just finished watching Devil's Bargain. Mm-hmm. 13 times 13, double lucky number 13s. <laughs> and of course, Danielle's in the episode then, naturally. Woo-hoo, finally, after 12 plus years, mm-hmm. get her on this crazy little show that we love. Um, so this episode, we saw uh, Lucifer uh, very much... Not at full strength, and uh, he seeks out the help of a faith healer who we quickly realize is actually a fallen angel, played by Danielle. And it's all about uh, finding Lucifer and Cassiel reuniting with the boys, right? Reunited and it feels so good. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, yes! We, we, we sang on the podcast. Yep, you got it. Yep. That's it. It's, it's there. Yep. <laughs> Not cutting that out. Oh boy. Well, just to put a little bit of context in this, there's like a snowstorm currently going on in Toronto, and uh, we're not uh, we're not feeling it. Well, I'm feeling it. I just had a headache. Well, yeah, you're feeling it in yes. not a good way. <laughs> but no, like I love the snow. Like the snow makes me so happy. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm kind of over it at this point. Anyways, <laughs> beside the point. <laughs> beside the point, exactly. So what we want to talk about primarily is Danielle, of course. Danielle. <sighs> She's so beautiful. Like she is so insanely beautiful yeah <laughs> i feel like i've lost what i was gonna say about yes, her because, I'm because just like, you're just distracted by her so beauty pretty. she's so pretty um <laughs> i was i was so excited for her to be I on know. this show i like found her tweet where she said that she would be oh yeah it was from 2012 so it's like six whole years ago which is Ooh. crazy that she was like this season 13 like it'll ever come to that and now it clearly has. Yes. I love the fact also that this role was written specifically for her. Yeah. Like. Yes. <laughs> well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is the the angel name that she was given, which is Nil. Nil. Yes. Yes. Nil. NIL. Yeah. <sighs> Pronunciation. It's okay. Yeah. Everyone pronounced it differently on the show. Yeah, so exactly. like, this is true. I mean, I'm gonna be really picky about their Hebrew pronunciation. <laughs> so. So, well, speaking of Hebrew pronunciation, now I can't even say pronunciation. Uh, this is great. Another rambly one. We're in Starport, which is awesome. The, you know, the best ones are. Um, so, yeah, actually the history or the what they believe that um, NIL is uh, derived from, like the mm-hmm. angel name, is actually like the Hebrew Hannah, which oh. actually means joy and pleasure. Huh. So, like, her and Lucifer in that motel. Eh, eh, wink, wink. <laughs> I need to stop making hand yeah, gestures. You need to stop making hand gestures. I made a rude hand gesture. <laughs> guesses? Guesses? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I love the fact that they made her evil because... Or like understood. Uh, she's no, she was underappreciated and now she has her time to shine. Yes. She's a businesswoman. Didn't you yes. hear her say well, that like four evil. times? <laughs> businesswoman? Evil. Evil. Naturally. I, I don't actually believe no, that. No, 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 no. Um, We're just talking about a stereotype, really. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean she she double crossed the boys. Oh yeah. Evil. Well, um, things are not what they seem. Oh, this really? season of uh, Supernatural. Hmm. Um, but no, Jensen at one point said, like, when they were asking him ages ago when she wasn't going to be on the show, what kind of character 
he would want her to be on the show. Oh, is that and the convention was, one? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I think she'd be a great villain. Yes. And I'm like, it's just, I think it's so wonderful yeah. that they were able, like, it's like the best combination of, like, good writing and, like, collaboration between an actor and, like, showrunners and then also fan service. And just perfect timing. Yeah. Like, it's just all, like, they did everything perfectly. And I'm just so glad that she's just a little bit evil. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. It totally works. And it, like, I I had totally forgot that she's a recurring character. Like, mm-hmm. I knew that. But I just got so lost into the episode. And then I was just like, oh, she didn't die. Sally, you know what that means. And you were just like, uh, yeah, that's, that, mm-hmm. that's, we already knew that. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> well, even the stuff where they were talking, uh, like, before she had been really introduced as a character or before she had been on screen at all I think and the homeless guy was like she like lays her hands and this glowing energy and you looked at me and you were like I'm so excited like because you had realized that she was probably going to be an angel yes and I was like I read a fan theory about it three weeks ago (laughs) which I did it was like a brilliant fan theory because it was 100% true about her being an angel. Like, 100%. Big props to that. Yeah. yeah. I think fan the theory fan, writer. <laughs> I think, and I think the fan theory writer even um, suggested that there were going to be parallels with Anna, which you have many things to say Oh, about. I have a lot of things to say about. Uh, I, I was on Wikipedia. <laughs> you know. As one is. As one is. And apparently, um, uh, Anil is the angel that um, the actress that played Anna thought that her character was based off of. Because we don't actually get an angel name for her character. No, we don't. Yeah. So that's that's a very explicit example. And then also to, um, was there another part to that? I'm trying to remember now. Um, Red hair. Well, oh yeah, that's right. The red hair and just like certain obvious things like the fact that she's a fallen angel and like embraced it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, yeah, she wasn't being hunted after like Anna was, but there's like there's definitely those parallels mm-hmm. there for sure. The desire for humanity yes. and the rejection of like angelicness. Yes. And I totally loved that exchange between her and Lucifer in the um uh, in the motel, like, on the bed where it's just, like, oh, you know that moment, like, right before you, like, you know, when you kind of get a taste of what it's like to be human. And it's just, like, I love that. I love that. We so often, I'm just realizing this now, throughout this whole season, and, well, like, in general with Supernatural, especially this season, so far we've been focusing on, like, the trajectory from, like, human to monster slash supernatural being. And we've very rarely gone, this is the first instance of seeing how, like, it can go the other way. Right? Mm-hmm. Which I like. I like that. Yeah. I also really liked the... Uh, so, A, I think another factor in the, like, Anna-NIL parallels mm-hmm. is um, the uh, sexual element. Oh, yes. Because, right. I mean... And so, like, the thing with, like, Lucifer and NIL... I keep wanting to I say Daniel. It's like... Or Anna. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, no, I keep wanting to say Daniel every... Oh. Like... Every time she was on screen, every time there was, like, a sexual thing with Lucifer, I was like, 
oh, when Jensen see like, except I was thinking of, like, <laughs> Dean as Jensen, and I was like, oh, when him and Sam show up, like, he's gonna be like, what? What's my wife doing? Like. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, like, I love how with that, basically, see, I almost said Danielle. Fuck. Right. And I all basically turned Lucifer into a glorified vampire. Yes. So this just occurred to me because, um, and you're going to have more to say about this, but the whole Lucifer and Ale scene paralleled Sam and Ruby. Oh, yeah. (gasps) Well, there we go. There we go. So basically, Lucifer is going to become a human. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. But it's like if, so, I Sam feel like and they're definitely Ruby, foreshadowing it, for yeah. sure. But, like, if Sam and, in if Sam's involvement with Ruby turned him into, like, demon blood demon, mm-hmm. then it seems as though Lucifer's involvement with NAL, again, almost said Daniel, um, <laughs> is going to turn... Lucifer into a he- except except that he's taking grace from her. So I but still like it's or like something that humanizes him mm-hmm. nonetheless because like okay we'll, we'll open this bag of uh, cats closer to the end of the podcast or when we get to it later because I know there's more stuff I want to talk about with an nil but like he becomes king of heaven yes which yes yes but so like I'm interested to see how that like kind of changes motives. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Well, and also because NAL, like, I'm sure she's pretty stoked on being, like, the king of heaven second in command. Yes. But she doesn't actually want to be in heaven. You know? Like, she, I I feel like, I don't know, I feel like she might be, like, selling Lucifer on humanity a little bit. Yes. And actually, I think that's a parallel between both of them. Uh, in terms of kind of being like snake oil salesman, like for mm. for Lucifer to uh, like the echelon of heaven that he was talking to, and then also um, nil to Lucifer. I feel like a little bit. There's a, definitely a potential double cross, triple cross, whatever you want to call it. But um, things are not as they seem. Oh, shapeshifters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, there was somewhere else I wanted to go, but I can't remember what it was. No, 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 it's fine. I'm the one that, like, uh, forgot it. But just the last thing I wanted to say about, like, the history of, like, NIL and everything, there's also, like, you know, on the side of, like, um, guardian angels, like, that whole mythology, apparently NIL is the angel of breaking old patterns. Which I, when I saw that, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Okay. Because, like, that's, if they didn't see that, that's also, like, such a coincidence. Yeah. Because I just feel, are you not really getting the connection? Or a little bit? I don't know. Well. Because to me, I feel like the breaking old patterns is Cass. I learned from my mistakes, you know, like, like, and there's, like, a lot of other instances of that throughout the show. But, like, I feel like that's the most explicit. Mm -hmm. The one that came to me was, like the constant breaking pattern thing on the show, which is, like, the pattern of brotherly codependence. Right. Like. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, Gabriel returning. <sighs> I know, later. Later. Okay, later. 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. But, like, 
Like, you know, uh, Lucy's gonna have uh, some uh, brothers to deal with, too. And then, like, even with Michael as well, right? So, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that there's something there, something that we can come back to throughout the rest of the season. Um, I'm I'm starting to get really sad that there's no new episode um, until March 1st, but I know. it's fine. I know. I'm sorry, because I feel like I was prepared for it, and you were like, no, no. No. I was like, no. I checked the Supernatural wiki, and it's never wrong. <laughs> it's always <Mm-mm>. wrong. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I will now go by, like, I don't know, Wikipedia or TV Guide. I'm not, I'm not trusting that to you yeah. anymore. <sighs> yeah, no, the thing that, that um, I'm just looking at my notes, the thing that, like, made me think of Ruby, like, was just looking at my note that says drugs slash sex. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Ruby. Ruby. Like... <laughs> and well, I yeah, lo- I know, like, even just, like, the, the cut, like, all, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like maybe that's a bit of, like, a nod to Jen. Oh, oh, oh. Right? Yeah. Just being like. But also, but also too, it's like something that, uh, like a question that I asked you before we started recording was, you know, are we still, Sam and Lucifer, there's always been parallels. Mm-hmm. And we even hear, you know, Lucifer say to um, NIL in the motel, like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, the the I, I wanted to fit in. You know, I'm yeah. the one that wanted to, you know, make a father father proud that I could never make proud. Like mm-hmm. th- that's Sam. Yeah. Right? And so it's just like, well, was that said to further cement that parallel or are we starting to see a divergence? Because Lucifer has a plan. Yes, it's ever evolving and it's kind of make it up as you go along, but he has a plan. Sam still doesn't. Not at least one that he created. He, he has one that he clearly is not, <laughs> looking at me real funny, he's clearly not as invested in. Like, he doesn't have a lot of hope in it. He's just kind of going with the motions and just kind of, he's being a follower a little bit. You know, oh, and I, I just remembered what I wanted to say about NIL. Mm. Is you you talking about how she doesn't really want to be in heaven? Well, I kind of disagree okay. in the sense that um, she doesn't want to be in heaven being a button pusher. She wants to be in heaven and be important. True. She was just enterprising. Enterprising by being on earth and being, you know, some somewhat free in yeah. that, right? To, to, and, you know, having the ability to, like, have a sort of rank, if you will, in the human world. Yeah. So, this is why I was making my face a minute ago. Okay. Um... Sam and Lucifer parallels. Mm-hmm. You saying that and me thinking about this episode and about Sam and Ruby has 100% cemented my conviction that Lucifer will sacrifice himself to save the world. Because when oh. is Sam involved with Ruby in season four? So it's like, yeah, like, I think that Sam and Lucifer have diverged at this point because Sam is playing out Sam in season 13. Mm -hmm. Lucifer is Sam in season four. Like, that's where Lucifer is. And like I've said before, that at the beginning of this season, we were like, 
at the end of season two. Right. Like beginning of season three. Mm -hmm. And now parts of the story are being picked up in like season four. So like we're progressing through these earlier seasons. We're continuing through these like little moments in the show and like reimagining them with different characters and like going through different experiences. But like, I feel like that sentence didn't make much sense. <laughs> yes, it did. But like, I totally yeah. Followed. Anyway, so I am, <laughs> this is official on the record. My prediction is that Lucifer will be sacrifice. The... He will swan dive somehow. He's, he's going to be the martyr for sure. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I think that that's, Gonna go down in the history of uh, Sally's prediction. We'll see about that. <laughs> I also think, like, this leads into some stuff that I have to say about Lucifer. Um, because I feel like, and, like, I did a little bit of reading um, about, like, Lucifer and the past couple of episodes and people saying, like, things that they loved about last episode. Um specifically about how evil they made Lucifer last episode and how it was very clear that, like, Lucifer is a really bad guy and they're not, like, leaning into, like, a redemption arc. Or, like, they are, but, like, they're not, like... It's not, like, a cookie-cutter. Yeah. It, it's and specific it's, to the character. And it's not, like, ooh, he's becoming a good person. Because I think that... No. This episode, too, was really good in that it, like, is teasing that potential for a redemption arc, but it's still having him do really awful things. It's not saying, like, oh, he's becoming a good person. It's, like, and I think that at this point, it's, like, yeah, like, the only way he's going to, like, he's never going to be good. He's always going to do horrible things. And his redemption arc, if he has one, like, the only way that can happen is if he just dies and does something good with that. But it's not going to be like, ooh, he's a hero. Like. I totally agree. Like, and I think that that was very well cemented through him making, like, kind of, um, what's the word? Uh, like, sidestepping or, 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 uh shooing away that little like speech that he gave to um nil like in in the motel room when he's oh, making yeah. that like declaration of like oh i'll probably like mess up jack like yeah you know, blah, blah blah like not be a good dad and everything and then he gets up and he's just like why am i why did i say that like you know it's not even gonna matter in a few you know what however long it's not it's not gonna matter because i'm just gonna be back at full strength and not feel any of this anyway yeah and I found that fascinating because mm-hmm. it's almost speaking of drugs. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like yeah. a drug addict yeah. being like, you know, oh, like I'll, I'll be okay because pretty soon I'll be high. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I also loved that scene because it was it was kind of like an interlude in the episode. Like, I loved this episode because it had so much crammed into it. But it didn't feel overstuffed. It didn't feel overstuffed. And it was very much broken down into these, like, self-contained scenes. Vignettes. Vignettes and, like, moments that were all, like, it flowed. Like, it didn't feel like a mashup of moments. But, like, this felt like a slower, like, more intimate moment. Yes. In, like, a more action-packed episode. And that scene was so good because it was so 
normal. Like, it's two people talking about, you know... Humanity. Humanity and, like, raising children and their insecurities about their own inadequacies and, you know, feelings of, like, powerlessness and, like, feelings of futility and, like, a dead-end job. So it's, like, normalizing this. But there's this contrast between the language that they're using to talk about it and what they're actually talking about. Because what they're actually talking about is batshit crazy. Like, what they're actually talking about is, like, Lucifer's son and, like, taking over heaven. But they're, and it reminded me, like, I don't know how to describe the thing that it is, but it reminded me of the scene in Buffy um, where Spike, um, it's like after he gets released from the initiative and he goes and tries to bite Willow and he can't. Oh, and yeah. they have this conversation where it's using the language that, like, as if they've tried to have sex and he's yeah, been yeah, impotent. Yeah. Yes. So it's like having this, you know, normalized conversation about something that's not normal. That's not normal about yeah. something like bizarre and otherworldly, but yeah. in these like normal couple like yeah. terms. And it, this felt the same yes, to me. I agree. Like. I loved that contrast where you're like almost for a second you're like oh yeah 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 yeah." like this is totally normal and then you're like wait no like and that's the point is you're supposed to feel that like dissonance yes between like the way they're talking about it and what they're actually talking about yeah yeah I agree I like that (laughs) more analysis than I'm um (laughs) clearly prepared to do whatever (laughs) okay something that i definitely want to talk about Mm -hmm. is and it plays into this whole thing of like things are not what they seem and all kind of stuff um can we talk about like how emma deus keeps impersonating Cass and how that's just giving me a prolonged anxiety (laughs) about when is Cass really Cass? (laughs) but it's so well done it is like i'm loving it because it's so back and forth yeah you're so like like yes. on edge. Yes, but also too, like I found in this episode, it was it was it was sufficiently defined enough to yes. where like when they go from like Ketch and Amadeus talking about uh, Donatello, and then they go right into the scene with Donatello and quote unquote Cass, mm-hmm. you're like, that's not Cass, yes. you know, and it's very like quickly wrapped up and all that kind of stuff. So like I did like that, but nonetheless, since he still keeps impersonating Cass, and that seems to be his favorite. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it. <laughs> but I also love it. <laughs> well, and also, like, Misha. They, Misha. They, like, A, again, from last week, he is looking foxy. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, um, can I pause you for a second? Yes. <laughs> the angel blade twirl and... Oh, the... Uh, he, like, he... He has come out of his angel death, shell, like <laughs> yes, like a bat out of hell, like a sassy badass. Where every time he does anything, I'm just like, like let me fan myself, like, <laughs> oh, like so sexy. I feel like they made his trench coat like fit a little better too, uh-huh. or maybe it's just that he's been working. Out. I don't know. And like, and and I still in the back of my head, I'm still just like. Why did he start working out? It's because he's going to have a Shirley scene. Like, 
And I'm, if they did that, I would be so happy. I would be it has so been a while. happy. We it's haven't seen while. him shirtless since season nine. <laughs> and it wasn't even that good because he was wearing unflattering boxer shorts. <laughs> uh. um, but they keep getting him to play yes. so many different characters. I'm just like... Come on, like, give him a break. <laughs> the poor guy has played, like, so many so characters, many. and you're still getting him to play so many characters, like, legit, in the same legit. episode. So I just realized that, like, yeah, he, he he's also been playing Asmodeus. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you were like, Asmodeus I, is playing him. <laughs> like, I'm so in it that I'm not even thinking of that. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't think about it until this episode. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you're playing a whole bunch of parts, buddy. Oh, man. Oh. (laughs) But, okay, since, like, we talked about that scene with Donatello, um, Mm -hmm. Colonel Sanders. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, and now, okay, so when I was, like, I wrote at the top who directed, and I wrote that, um, it was when did I, no, it wasn't. It oh. was Eduardo Sanchez. No, 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 but I mean what you had thought before. Oh, yeah, so I thought it was it was, it was was Rich, but it was not. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was Rich because there kept being all of these moments where I was like, it has to, to be, be Rich. rich. Like, yeah, exactly. And one of them was the Colonel Sanchez. I didn't even write that. Eh? Maybe now I'll talk about fan service for a little yes, minute. because that was definitely fan service. And yeah. it wasn't even, like, it wasn't direct... And that's what I love about it. He just grabs a piece of, like, why Why else would Donatello be eating fried chicken? Oh, yeah, that was, it, it. it's so perfect. And he just grabs a piece and, like, eats it, and it's just perfect. Yeah, it was such a good moment. Yeah. And I think that part of, like, I think part of that is the fact that this was, like, this episode was Lucky 13, in a season of Lucky, Lucky 13. 13, like, this is... This is a little sweet spot. Yeah, this is a significant episode. Yeah. Not necessarily, like... Overarching. Overarching. Plot. I mean, a it had... bit. But, you know, but it might not be, like, significant. Like... Yeah. Well, and I mean, it, it had some significant stuff in it, so... But, like, I feel like every episode's been significant up until this point. Like, yeah. it's just been so, like, for lack of a better word, rich. Like, yes. so, like, so much in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's significant more, like, in the way, like, the 100th episode was significant. Right. Like, it's a significant milestone. Just oh, like purely, like, number-based. Right. Where they're, like, Lucky 13 in Lucky 13 season. Right. So, like, there was so much fan service mm-hmm. in this episode. I loved it. The first thing I noticed was the backdrop in Sister Joe's faith healing place yes. was, that was from fan fiction, right? Was it? Okay, that's that's what I thought because okay. it's the painting of like the road, right? I, which I just didn't recognize it. I I assumed, right? And I'm gonna have to go in back and watch the 100th episode again, probably. But like it that was a, is. a prop. That yeah. was like the backdrop for when they drive off. That was like the road so far, right? Backdrop. I thought. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have to go and check that out. It's totally possible. Yeah. Um. But like, I wrote down a little prediction that didn't come mm-hmm. true this episode. Who knows? It might still happen because, especially since like NIL is still around, and maybe we might go back to that, you know, community mm-hmm. center or whatever the hell it was. But when I saw it and you brought it up, and I wasn't quite sure what mm-hmm. you were referencing mm-hmm. while we were watching, but um, I was like, 
what if they open the portal right in front of that mural? Oh, that would be good. Yeah. I just thought cool. of it as, like, such a great image. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, that's going to happen. Oh, no. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Who knows? They could still do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that. Mm. There was... I don't know if I'd... Ca- I feel like I'd call this fan service just, like, Lucy, like, flipping through the Bible. Thank you. Like... That's what I wanted to bring up. So good. Like... Lucifer's just hanging out in a sleazy motel and reading the Bible. Yeah. No big deal. Just, and, com- you know. and commenting on how, you know, it how, needs to be fact-checked. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would count that as fan service. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. because it doesn't I would drive too. the plot. It's just, like, a beautiful moment. Well, really, like, so many things that come out of Mark Pellegrino's mouth, I feel like, generally speaking, are fan service. Yes. It's just so awesome. And it's delivery. Oh, I missed him I so know. much. I know. You don't realize his, how much you miss <laughs> his delivery. Like, oh, it's so good. And then too, it's like you look back at like Cassifer, and it's like, holy shit, Misha! Like, Misha like turned into a different fucking person. Yeah, he got it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then there was also Lucifer's comment about Sam's hair, which was also <laughs> fan service. <laughs> like, yep. And, and then Colonel Sanders. Yeah. But I'm just like, the, this episode had so many it of did. these moments where you're just like... There, there's a couple others that are coming, coming to my mind, but like, I don't think that they're valid enough to okay. mention. And I mean, I think that having Daniil in the episode oh, at yeah. all is fan service. 100%. Like... That's like the biggest one. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. Another thing. That it, so I'm, I'm at the point where everything else I have to say is like... A random comment. Yes. Um, I love the trench coats. Yeah. I I caught that too. I was like... And I'm really curious about costuming and, Mm -hmm. like, wardrobe choices because so far this season, their costuming and wardrobe choices have been really significant in the sense of, like, Jack, his suit being the same color as Cass. Um. Cass and Lucifer having the same color jacket. Like, that jacket seems to be, like, the fallen angel, like, gray angel jacket, you know? Um, And, you know, having Dean be wearing the black jacket and Mm -hmm. Sam wearing the gray jacket, like, during all of those grief-canceling scenes, like, the jackets are significant. But also, too, did you realize that... um... And I was wearing a black trench coat. I thought it was navy. Well, either way. It's oh, still yes, like, yes. it looks like a carbon copy of Castiel. Yes, but Like dark. it's the same yeah, length, yeah. but dark. I know, I know. So that was that was where I was going with that. Where I'm like, I want to like, know more about this trench coat. Yeah. And like how significant it is for her character. A sentence that you would never think to say. I really want to know what's going on with this trench coat. I know. In the context of Supernatural, it makes... Oh, it I makes mean, total sense. I want to know about all of Cass's trench coats. Yeah. Like, what happened to you then? Poof. <laughs> yeah, like, you know... Well, but also, too, like, why did... <laughs> why did the Dark Empty give him a new... I know, it's like, like, why does he have a brand new trench coat now? It makes no like sense. Like a different style. Yeah. But then I guess that, it, that might be considered a stupid question, because then, like, how about all the times that any of them come back and they come back 
from like violent deaths where their clothes get torn or stained but yet they come back wearing the exact same thing mm-hmm. and it's pristine. So yeah. like, meh, well, and maybe, so I mean, you know, I, maybe maybe the dark empty just wanted to be a fashion designer. So my feeling about Cass's new trench coat is that it is like the idealized version of Cass's original trench coat because he came back with like the messy suit, the blue tie, backwards, like. He came, so I feel like he was brought back as, like, this idealized version of his original self. Okay. That is my, or, like, this, this like, archetypal, like, Plato's Kate, like, you know, this, this, this like, archetypal version yeah. Yeah. of original him. But, like, the middle trench coat confuses me. I love the, like, the middle trench coat. Right. Because it's way sexier than his first or this current trench coat like really i i the single the the single breasted one okay i don't know i just i feel like that was when he like started working out and he just looks like stuffed into that <laughs> trench coat like <laughs> his shoulder muscles like it's a good it's a it's good a look thing. it's, it's a, a good thing, look whereas like sure. this one doesn't really show off his like more muscular physique would you say and this is just going by like the image of the new coat that I have in my head, so it could be mm-hmm. totally far, far off. But um, would you say that this trench coat is a little bit more militaresque, military-esque? Because like the 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 shoulder, like the little um, kind of like not pleating epaulets, epaulets. Thank you. Um, and everything just like the, there's a little bit more going on, a little more zhuzh, like kind of like a little bit more decor. I don't know. I'm totally reading into this way. I'd, I'd, I'd have to look at a photo yeah. again. One of the things oh, I goodness. have noticed about it is the color is more vibrant. Yes. Of this trench coat. And I think that this season, colors have been more vibrant in general. Yeah, and I think that that's why the cinematography has popped so much. Mm. That's one of the things hmm. as well. Yeah. Hmm. What else? Ooh. Um, so Ketch. Okay. Can I just say something? Yes. I don't fucking care what anyone else says. I love Ketch. Yeah, I, I do too. too. I don't care. <laughs> um, I will, I will say that, um, I don't love his accent, but that's because I know that he's from Saskatchewan. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's that. Sorry, bro. You're Canadian. <laughs> um, but no, I love Ketch as a character. Um, I, I also, um, like he's a double agent. So this episode had so many um, double agents, and I think it all comes back to this, like, shape-shifting, things are not what they seem. Like, they're really driving this point home that, like, you know, we have Ketch as, like, a double, double, double agent, quadruple Quadruple agent. Something. (laughs) Um, We have Sister Jo as a double agent. Um, We... Well, that might have been the only double. Those are the only two double agents in this um, episode. Were there were there more? I feel like mm, no. Yeah, I think you're right. But I feel like we've kind of come across. Well, if we're going beyond like just this episode. Oh yeah. Yes, like Rowena. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Last episode, and I'm sure there's other examples. That I just yeah. can't think of right now. I know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it, but it's it's it go it ties into that whole like things are not what they seem. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, you can't really trust anyone, like, who's who, what's going on. We don't know anything, we just have to kind of ride this roller coaster <laughs> to yeah. the finish line. <laughs> so, the other thing that I just remembered that was, like, a significant point. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm looking. I'm Kira yes. is showing me a photo of Cass's new trench coat, but can you find a picture of his original trench coat? I'll see what I can do. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to this. Um, the title of this episode, Devil's Bargain. This episode had so many bargains in it. And it, like, it wasn't just one bargain, and I'm so glad, because we were talking about this last week, about, because I was like, ooh, what if, like, Cass somehow bargains, like, and gives Lucifer his grace, and that's the bargain. And And he becomes human. Yeah, and you were like, oh no, they'd have to change so much to get there, like, I feel like they've written themselves into a corner. I'm so glad that they didn't do that this episode. Well, they wouldn't have been able to do it this episode anyways. It would have been, like, a three-episode arc. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, he still might, because they did say that he was going to make... But it's, like, maybe they were just talking about, like, him working with Lucifer. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, But in this episode, we had um, Ketch bargaining with the Winchesters. Yes. Twice. Yes. Being, like, I'll work with you, like, you do this, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, We had... Ugh, there were so many. Oh, um, NIL. NIL, bargaining with Lucifer. Which was beautiful. That, like, at that moment, I was like, I love Sister Joe. I don't care. Oh, yeah. No, she's great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We had Lucifer bargaining with the angels. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It was just full of them. I think we had Ketch and Asmodeus bargaining with each other. To a certain extent. To a certain extent. For sure. Um, I think we had Lucifer bargaining with someone else to like there were so many Mm -hmm. it was just i loved the fact that it wasn't like one bargain it was just the whole thing was about bargaining and it was very much like more the the um phrase devil's bargain yeah rather than specifically lucifer Mm -hmm. is going to bargain like it's it it's very much that like um yeah like the same devil's bargain Mm -hmm. rather than it being descriptive yeah well anyways here's oh no (laughs) <laughs> hold, hold, hold that thought. There's Cass's original. Yeah. Cut, right? Oh, you are correct. The new one does have those epaulets. Yes. And the old one did not. No. I Like, that's something yeah. that I caught on right away. Huh. Yeah. So maybe this does tie into, like, the new badass I think Cass. So. I think so. Huh. I don't know. Now I'm just going to get distracted looking at pictures of me. That's cool. I'm going to ramble about Sam for a minute. But I want to hear this, so I'm going <laughs> to put my phone down. <laughs> um, oh, my poor sweet Sam. I know, poor he, baby. Oh, he looks so rough. He is hurting. <sighs> and, like, I don't think it's a flaw in the episode that, like, we didn't go into that. But it's clear that, like, he's still oh yeah, just hurting, you know? just Just the, like limited amount that he's in this episode Mm -hmm. and like when he is how much that's so obvious like that's that's his function yeah is to is to be sad (laughs) yeah and i think also i loved this and i think this is all on jared um and jared's amazing acting because like every line that he said when they weren't talking about anything you know it's like even when they said like we have a plan now Mm-hmm. It's like you see it in his dead eyes that yeah. he does not believe in this plan. Nope. At all. Like, his Jared is just killing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that at the beginning when Donatello comes in and they have the demon tablet. 
Yes. And being in the bunker with Donatello, it's like, and and Cass talking about Lucifer, A, like, Sam's reaction to finding out that Lucifer is still around was heartbreaking. You see that for the rest of the scene, and then as soon as the demon tablet comes out and Donatello asks for food, it's like, Kevin. What I got immediately was like, oh, wow, this reminds Sam of Kevin. Yeah. So immediately he feels like he has no bodily autonomy. Immediately he feels horribly guilty. Immediately he feels like he cannot fix anything. Plus, Lucifer is back to torment him. Yep. And I think that that was a really clever, like callback to Kevin because yes because that's the function of the KFC where it's like funny later but not that Kevin ever had KFC but I think that like the food thing like served two purposes and they did a really clever callback without like really making that point at all but I think through Jared's acting and those little cues of the tablet it purposefully like, referenced Kevin in a really heart-wrenching way. And it explicitly referenced Kevin with Cass. Mm-hmm. Cass, like, right before that, it yes. mentions Kevin. Yeah. And then, like, Dean goes like, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> so I feel like that was actually, um, like, a really well-written scene. I agree. Because you have that mention of Kevin that is, like, necessary for the plot. And it's literally just describing plot that's happened in a previous episode to, like, communicate it to characters that weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that slight mention means that we remember Kevin. So that when, like, a minute later, they bring out the tablet, have the food thing, and show Sam's face and his, like, horribly upset voice, you remember Kevin and you remember all of the things that Sam is probably feeling without explicitly saying anything about Kevin in that moment at all, mm-hmm. because you've mentioned him like two minutes previous. So it's like, he's in your head. Well, I would say that I didn't quite experience it that way. Only in the sense that I didn't in the moment, I didn't get like the prophet mm-hmm. Kevin like track, yeah. but I still got the like, Sam is responding to this in a very emotional way, in a very much like PTSD kind of mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah, well, definitely I, got that. Yeah, and I think one of the things about a moment like that is like not everyone is gonna think See of that right away, immediately, yeah. which is totally fine because mm-hmm. it's like it's not a thing that you need to notice. It's just like a subtle. little thing that like and I'm sure that Jared was thinking about it oh yeah like well I I would even say that like the Colonel Sanders reference was probably subtle enough for a good amount of people to not pick up on it oh yeah you know it's it's one of those things and I feel but I feel like that thing like the Colonel Sanders thing is like a Tumblr Instagram Twitter joke so it's like only so many people would pick up on it. Yeah, anyway. like yeah. the they talk a lot about like the general audience, and like the general audience is not us. The general audience I disagree. is not like 
The fans, though, the general right. audience, okay. are people who have a TV and just turn it turn on, on to watch. Yeah, like, yeah. people... That's true. Uh, so People I just, who don't ship, people who... Right. You know, the general audience is people who, even when hopefully at the end of the series and, like, Dean and Cass are, like, holding hands and riding off into the sunset together, will still think that it's a platonic bromance. Yes. That's the general audience. Yes. The general audience are people who are, like... I, I'm, I don't know where yeah. I'm going with this, but you know yeah. what I mean. I, they... get, I get what you're saying. Anyway. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway. Fan, fan service is not necessarily to all the variety of fans that there can be. Mm-hmm. Very different, big difference between viewer and fan. Yes. In my opinion, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, oh, okay. Um, there was one thing I wanted to say. Yes, please. Uh, just to go back onto the, like, catch train. Yes, please. Which is, like, I'm catch. Like, I loved that moment. <laughs> oh, so I thought much. you were. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about yourself. I thought you were like, I'm catch. I'm like, catch. here, let me tell you about why I identify <laughs> so strongly with this character. No. I love tea. I. <laughs> I love tea. Yes. I mean, I love tea too. Right, Who doesn't? Right, but <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, if anything, I identify more with Enyo than. Catch. But no, I, I loved, I just loved that moment of like, you know, well, how did you escape? And catch. It was so good. <laughs> well, and I love too that like, even like textually, it, or like not, I, textually is the wrong word. Even like in the moment, like he says that and it's badass, but like, it's not really badass because no one believes him. Yes. Like he says... I'm catch. And everyone's like, uh, no, tell us how you escaped. Yeah. Well, like, and even after that, when, like, he's back with Azadeus and he makes that comment of, like, I'm good, but I don't think I could, you know, take on a full power Lucifer. And everyone's just like, um, yeah, duh. Yeah. You're human. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he's saying these things, but it's like, because it's totally, like, he has this bravado. Yeah, this nothing like, to back warped it up. sense of reality. Um, but speaking of which, like, I found it really interesting the level of equal playing field between Asmodeus and Ketch. I found that like I, I don't know if maybe I I the only one that saw that, but mm. like where there was like a like there was a very even exchange between them. Like there was that moment where you know when. Catch essentially talks back to him and is just like, yeah, that wasn't a smart idea, letting Lucifer out. And then, you know, Asmodeus, like, gets up and you're like, oh, shit. And then he's just like, yeah, you're probably right. And then from that point on, he's no longer in his throne talking to Catch. They're both standing whenever they're talking. They're at the same level. They're talking in close proximity. I, there's something about that. And, and like, my the way, where my mind went with that during the episode was... You know, before we had the reveal of, like, the Archangel Angel Blade and Gabriel and all that awesome stuff, I was thinking, oh, is... My immediate thought, to be honest, mm-hmm. was, is Asmodeus going to try and turn Catch supernatural? Oh. In some way. Yeah. But, like, I don't think that that's going to work now because yeah. of that reveal. Because mm-hmm. there's really no purpose for yeah. that. But, like, I'm curious if, like, even, too, it could still be a situation where, like, Catch could end up becoming 
a demon? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, because, like, it, it is so hard to tell because, like, since I was like, oh, I draw the line at, uh, you know, letting mm-hmm. Lucifer on, you know, the world or whatever. But do you? Like, I don't know. I don't really know where your motives actually lie. It's it's very difficult to tell. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to get more of Ketch because, yeah, because we have no, we still have no sense of his motivations at no. all. Like, we have a better sense of Lucifer's motivations. Yes. You know? Yes. But, like, I think that Ketch is just a total wild card because it's, like, it's not even that he's self-serving. Like, it's no, really, it's yeah, really it weird. confusing. Yeah. Um. I do have a thought about that dynamic, though. Okay. And I think that this is something that is true in the supernatural universe, which is that nobody likes demons, including other demons, because it's like, this happened with Crowley, too. I think that being the king of hell is actually, like, a shitty job job that, like, no one actually enjoys. It's like you enjoy the power, but, like, then you're surrounded by demons all the time, and that sucks. So my, like, working hypothesis is that demons want there to be humans around because they're way more fun to hang out with than all of these... Yeah. Like, basically, like, Asmodeus and Ketch is, like... Crowley and Dean's Summer of Love, like, minus... Okay, I like that. I like like that. It's not as powerful. No, and it's, like, obviously they don't have the same chemistry. No. And, like, Crowley and Asmodeus are super different. So different. Even though I feel like people are like, Asmodeus is, like, just a poor replacement for Crowley. Like, Crowley 2.0, blurg. He's not meant to be a replacement for Crowley. And the fact that any of you are even fucking considering that. Well, no, it's people who are, like... Assuming like, that that's Assuming the that that's the intent and being, like, nothing mean. can replace Crowley. But, well, yeah, duh. And I was like, but he's so different, like... Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Colonel Sanders. Good old Colonel Sanders. <laughs> so, I wanted to talk about the structure and writing of this episode a little mm-hmm. bit for a minute because it was written by, oh, Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming. Mm-hmm. I always forget what their full names are because yeah, everyone just calls them Buck, Buck Lemming because yeah. everyone hates them. Um, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And I just get kind of sick of people hating on them because at this point, it's like I have really enjoyed their episodes. Yeah. Um, they also wrote the second episode in this season, uh, The Rising Sun. Oh. That was the one with the Shadim. Right. Like, the weird, like... Yes. Fairy monster thingies, whatever. Stuff. Um, (laughs) And, like, so their episodes, they often write these mythology episodes that are, like, crammed full of stuff. Yes. And I think that's actually one of their strengths. Yeah. They're good at writing these episodes where they have to get, like, a whole bunch of crap into it. A whole bunch of information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, like, this episode had, like, five different plots going on. Yeah. Um. But it didn't feel like it at all. But it didn't feel scattered. It Mm -mm. felt like it flowed really nicely. Um, compared to, like, last week's episode. I don't necessarily think this episode was, like, better than last week's episode. But last week that had, like, two major plots going on. And this one that had, I'm gonna say five. I don't, I wasn't really counting. Right. 
But this episode felt a lot more cohesive in the way all of those plots fit together than last week with the two. Well, I would say it's because last week it was very much operating on that, like, classic and slightly overdone A plot, B plot thing. Mm -hmm. And there was a tie-in, but it was kind of, like, it was loose. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that didn't help. Whereas, like, with this episode, there was, like, a nice back and forth. Mm -hmm. Like, a a serve-you-serve kind of deal. Um, Buck Lemming also has the reputation of just being, like, not that skilled writers in the sense that like they have a tendency to like tell instead of show where I'm like you know what yeah there was a bit of exposition in this but like honestly it was fine but you know what that's just as big a problem with like Baron's writing and I find it much more noticeable with Baron's because it's like he has all of this stuff where it's shown really beautifully and then like a huge dumb like (laughs) tell and you're like okay the contrast between this whereas with this it's just like okay, it's being explained a little bit more than I need, but, yeah. like, it's not noticeable. The, like, literally the only time that I noticed it was with um, uh, Sister Joe, was with Anil, when she was talking about the fall. Like, when she was oh, basically, yeah. like, explaining her existence yes. to Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Like, that was pretty much the only time. I'm sure there was other instances, but, mm-hmm. like, that was the only time where I, like, was listening, and I'm like, exposition, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... I also feel like Buck Lemming write Lucifer really well because like Lucifer's dialogue in this episode. And it's like some of that I'm like, is some of that Mark Pellegrino? Because I'm 100 percent like, do you think in terms of delivery or him just like making up lines? I, I think it's both. OK. I think that there's a certain amount of ad-libbing okay. that he's done for sure. Um, Just because. Uh, do you know what? I don't want to I don't want to say that for sure. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that I. I think that there is because it is that classic case of usually any time where you're certain that there's ad-libbing, it's actually not. It's scripted. Yeah. So it, it could very much just be the delivery. Mm-hmm. But I think that there were some instances where, like, I was kind of like, yeah, if anyone else was saying those lines, it wouldn't it wouldn't land. Yeah. Not at all. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I enjoyed a lot of, like, the Lucifer. No, no, no. I did. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. Yes. I'm saying, like, it's because it's him and it's because yes. it's Mark Pellegrino. Yes. If it was any other character yes. saying those things or mm-hmm. saying something in reference to their character that way, mm-hmm. I don't feel like yeah. it would land the same way. But then it's like, so are they writing that because they know I think so. that Mark Pellegrino will deliver it like that? I think so. Either way, I enjoyed yes. that characterization yeah. in this episode. Like... Honestly, Sam and Dean just weren't super present nope. in this episode, but I didn't even mind because, no. like, the Sam bits were so good. Yeah. I I really loved the bit with Dean and Cass where Dean for was apologizing for, like, <sighs> not... It was just... It was so tender. Yeah. It was so sweet and <sighs> soft, and it just made my heart happy. It did. The little... Like, oh, uh, no. I it wasn't, like... I love it. It wasn't, like, you know, a shipper's dream. Like, it wasn't, like, overly shippy. It, it was just... It wasn't. It was just nice. It was just nice. It was just, interaction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, let's be real. Let's be real. It was interaction. But it was sweet, kind yes. interaction. You know? Like, it, it was pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, I loved the framing of the episode. Because, to me, the episode was framed by, like... There was the lead-in, like the previously on or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to go back and watch the beginning. But 
as soon as it started, I was like, what was the errand? What was the errand that Asmodeus was on? Like the very beginning. And I think because it was mentioned, I think, in the previously on or like in the then part. Oh. There was a clip. Of, from like last episode. From last episode being like, he's off on an errand. I, which I totally forgot about. Yeah. And then near the beginning of the episode, we had the moment where Asmodeus says, while well, I was off on my errand, like... And so I wrote, the first thing that I wrote down was, what was the errand? Because I'm like, they're calling our attention to this. Yes. And then that is how the episode ended. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, it wasn't subtle, but I liked it because it asked this question at yeah. the beginning. And, and then gave you an answer. answered it at the end. In a very, like, very good way. In, a, like, an effective, yeah. like, satisfying way. That they've been teasing for so, so long. And, like, I just love it when fiction really effectively, like, asks questions and answers them. So, and, yeah. like, gives you a moment of tension. And then, ans- you know, the the balance between, like, the tension of not knowing mm-hmm. and then knowing. And having that tension, like, worked effectively. Yes. Because... As soon as Asmodeus pulled out the Archangel Blade, I wrote down Archangel Blade and was like, what does this mean for Gabriel? And then... And then we got Gabriel! But, like, also, too, um, I'm not going to say I called it, because that's not fair. Because that's not fair. But when we watched the mid-season promo Mm -hmm. and that shot happened, I was like, what if that's Gabriel? Please be Gabriel. It's the hair. The hair. Yeah. And meanwhile, I was just talking out of my butt. I wasn't wasn't like, I didn't actually think it was going to be. Well, I feel feel like like you were like Chuck or or Gabriel. Gabriel. Yeah. And I was was pretty certain it was going to be either of them. Mm -hmm. But that was also not taking into account what you had set. I don't know if you said it in a podcast or not, or just when we were talking, but uh, uh, about how, like, that promo was only for so many episodes yes. in. Mm-hmm. See, like, if I would have put that the that together earlier while we were watching it the first time, um, I would have not, I would have not thought it was Chuck. Yeah. I would have been like, that's too early or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, honestly, probably even for Gabriel, I would have been like, that's yeah. too early. Well, I was so stuck on, like, Casmodeus. Yeah, that I was like, that's Asmodeus. Like they've figured out that it's they've figured out that like Cass is not really Cass, and now they've locked him up. Like I assumed that that was like obviously, obviously, obviously Asmodeus, but it wasn't. Um. So we have a lot of questions with that. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Oh, I was just gonna say that I'm super mad at Twitter because it like spoiled it for me. That was also kind of my fault. It's okay. It's okay. Immediately before watching the episode, we went on Twitter <laughs> and like on the supernatural on, hashtag yes, because Kira was showing me the supernatural hashtag to show me that Twitter doesn't have to be scary. Yes, and <laughs> I saw this, but she didn't, and it was just a photo of Richard, not even from Supernatural. Just like, a photo. Just of a him. photo of him with "I told you so" in big all caps letters. And I was like, oh, no, it means that Gabriel's coming back. And then I was like, oh, maybe it doesn't mean that. I don't know. Blissful ignorance. Blissful ignorance. Come back. But then, but yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't spoiled. I was still super excited. But I knew it was coming because, (laughs) like. 
but also too, I feel like that's in line with like our like simultaneous experience of this show is more often than not you tend to know more than me. Anyway. Yeah, it's just because I'm, <laughs> it's just the way that it works out. Just, even when you don't want it. <laughs> I'm just nosy. <laughs> uh, okay, so something that I I feel like there was a couple other things that I wanted to talk about with this episode, like, you know, um whatchamacallit, uh uh Lucifer being king of heaven, but I feel oh, like that's yeah. going to continue. We're going to see that. Um, I know we're going to, we have to wrap this up now, but um, let's just end on some questions that we have. I know one for me is uh, who decided to um, sew up Gabriel's mouth because they're genius. <laughs> and it's making me think of a lot of references that I'm sure will come up mm-hmm. in the future. But also, too, where has he been? And yeah. uh, so I guess um, Chuck had finally found time. To resurrect him. Yeah. Well, but was he resurrected or was he just <laughs> but that's the damaged? Thing. That's the thing. That was a convention joke, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, resurrected. I didn't even think of that. But, like, wouldn't that be the same thing? Because, he, but he was stabbed. He was not stabbed by an archangel blade. He was stabbed by a regular angel oh, blade. Oh, duh. Why did we ever doubt that he was going to come back? I don't, I don't know. understand that. Well, I think it was like because the mythology was like not quite yeah. established, and they said it was an archangel blade, but it doesn't look like this new archangel right. blade. So oh, it's they said like, it was one back then. Okay. I think so, or it was oh. just like this is Gabriel's angel blade. Okay, but uh, it might not have been his art. Like it might right. have just been an a- random angel blade that he had. Right. Not. I don't know. Well, we have questions. Yes, we have lots of questions, and uh, we have to wait. Pretty much a month. Uh, oh, so long. But speaking of which, we are still going to be doing a podcast every week. We'll just, instead of doing commentary on the episode, we're going to have a couple, like, featured topics mm-hmm. um, that we're currently brainstorming. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that. Thanks for listening. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Ify Podcast. That's I-F-I-E Podcast. See you next week.